Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. that they don't realize is they're just setting themselves up to teach a lot more. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So today we are going to look into the subject of wisdom. A few weeks back, the Lord began to speak to me about this. And I felt that this was the new direction to go in. And I am entitling it In Search of Wisdom. Uh, Each of us face hundreds, if not thousands, of choices each and every day of our lives. And if you have ever been on any kind of diet plan, eating plan, that's probably the thing that's the most wearing. Like, I have to make a choice here. (laughs) You can't just go and eat what you want. But these choices lead to results of course, and consequences. But I believe one of the most beautiful gifts that God has given us from the beginning of time is the gift of choice. He puts such amazing trust in us. When the Bible said that King David was a man after God's own heart, I tend to believe that That maybe meant that he made God choices, not just sometimes, but he tried to make them on an everyday basis. In other words, he considered God and what God wanted before he acted. Many times we have read where David inquired of the Lord before he made his final decision. Now, we know he didn't do it 100% of the time because he wasn't perfect. There was only one perfect one that walked upon the face of this earth. That is our God. But David did have a repentant heart when he did choose according to the flesh. And I'm thankful for that. And I think we are all very able to understand the fact that the choices that we make today absolutely affect our tomorrow. The choices we make today. The choice that you made to come to the house of the Lord is going to affect your tomorrow. For the better. Whether that choice is about our spiritual life, if it's about our finances, our health, our relationships with people, it doesn't matter what the subject is. The truth is what I do today will absolutely affect my tomorrow. That's why we emphasize prayer every day. That's why we emphasize stay in the word of God every day. The Bible says it's a lamp. 
It lights up the way that we should walk in. These principles of the word of God. So the choices I make today are going to affect what happens tomorrow. We all know that we are part of the world. We live here. We don't like it sometimes. <laughs> We've been placed here by God for this moment, just as the disciples were placed in the world for their moment of time. But as we know, we might be here, but we are not of the world. This is not our final resting place. Our values as followers of Christ are not the same as the values of the world. We look at things differently because we look at things through the word of God. Yes, knowledge has increased greatly. Who would have ever thought even 30 years ago that each of us would be carrying around in our pocket a computer known as the cell phone can give us any answer to just about any question known to mankind. It doesn't mean the answers are truth. It might be a fact, but it might not be truth. We can purchase absolutely anything without having any cash. If you're waiting on a cashless society, <laughs> we're pretty much here. Who would ever think that we could drive cars without gasoline? We have gone all the way from a campfire to a smart stove, which does not mean that you can cook because your stove is smart. <laughs> you still may burn something even though your stove is smart. Knowledge has definitely increased. But godly wisdom, on the other hand, seems to be decreasing in the world. It seems to me that there is a great lack of wisdom. It's still very much available, but I do think that we are seeing a lack of wisdom in this world. I have an idea, just a thought, on why we are lacking wisdom, why our world is lacking wisdom. Let's just put it that way. Because our Bible tells us that wisdom comes from God. And we can attain it by simply asking for it. But when you live in a society that has pushed God out of everything, you have a society left to itself. They are not asking God for his wisdom. But they're using their human reasoning, their carnal thinking, selfish ambitions. And although extremely intelligent, even AI intelligent. Without the wisdom of God, our world is headed in the wrong direction. We are in this world, but we are not of it. 
we do not have to take their lead and follow it. Now, all of this intellect and knowledge, it also comes from God. But when mankind takes what God has entrusted him with, but he never asked how to use it. How God intended for it to be used. Then we end up with a godless society. Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. So in this setting, wisdom means skill, prudence, wit, war skills, skills in administration, ethically and religiously wise. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom also means the state of being wise Knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action, discernment, or insight. Wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's first in place. It's first in time. It's first in order or in rank. It is the choice part, the chiefest part. It's top priority. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's top priority. I think we should love and honor and value wisdom. Brother Benjamin said it so well a few weeks ago when he talked about us asking that computer in our pocket questions instead of asking a person with wisdom that's been there. They've lived a little bit. You may look at, I'm, I'm just going to put myself right in there. You may look at us elderly. If you would have seen me yesterday, I would have proved to you I was elderly. As I dressed elderly for Nori, because that's what she wanted. It was fun. <laughs> um, but you may look and say, they're so far removed from me. They see things so differently. They don't even understand their phone. How can I talk to them? Well, that's why we need you to talk to us. Because we need you to fix our phones. And, like, where was that app? And where's the app store? And how? What? But there is so much wisdom that we can gain just in everyday life from those who have gone before us. They've been there. They've done that. They've already experienced buying a car. They can help you with it or buying a house. Or Now, if you want to get a car at the flat bottom cheapest rate where the salesman is making no money, just take pastor with you. He has the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> he has salesmen walking away saying, I'm only making 50 bucks here. And he's like, no, you're not. 
<laughs> yeah, you want that too. The scripture says, get wisdom as to buy or purchase it. In other words, it may cost you, but it's worth it. Get wisdom. So where does wisdom even come from? Proverbs 2, 6, and 7, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. It is available to us. The Lord giveth wisdom. So the Lord gives wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Where do I begin to gain these wonderful goods? Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let's start there. The fear. Now, we know, and if you don't know, I'll tell you. That doesn't mean you have to be afraid of God. <laughs> that is reverence and respect. That is the starting place for wisdom. Where we reverence God and we respect him. We respect his word. We revere him highly. We can clearly see that there is a lack of wisdom in this world. If I am supposed to acquire wisdom, get it, the Bible says, and God has it, and revering God is my starting place, well, what is the best way to respect and honor God? How can I do that? I'm searching for wisdom. So somebody, please help me get it. <laughs> I want it. One way that the Bible says that we can do this, respect and fear God and reverence him, is to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. It only seems logical to me that the one who holds the patent on the blueprint of our lives, our bodies, our spirit and souls, that he wants his creation to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 14. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God 
the earth also, with all that therein is. So what God wants, what he has listed in these scriptures, just these scriptures alone, he wants us to fear or reverence him, walk in his ways, love him, serve him with all of our heart and soul, and keep his commandments and statutes. How dare him? <laughs> well, he's the one that made us. We were his idea. So he should have the say so, right? And that is the whole issue with the world. They don't realize they have a creator. The one that put breath in their lungs and keeps them breathing. He should have the say so. When he has the say so, we can have wisdom. But left to themselves, you have the chaos that we have in the world. You have the violence. You have the hatred. Because people have stepped away from what our creator requires of us. To fear or reverence him. Respect him. Respect. This is what he asks of us. And here's the problem. We don't want to do it. I'm just saying. This flesh is pretty strong. <laughs> and sometimes we just do not want to obey what God says. Walk in his ways, love him, serve him with all of our heart and soul, and keep his commandments and statutes. Whew. I want wisdom, but I don't know about all that. <laughs> Proverbs 8 and 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth, do I hate. Now, there are several scriptures in the word of God, I did not list them here, of things that God hates. There's your homework assignment. Look up scriptures uh, that says God hates this. This is an abomination to God. And then we're, we're beginning to have some wisdom here. So a part of respecting God is to hate the evil way. The pride and the arrogance that comes from evil. Not people. Just the evil way that they choose to take. We never hate the sinner. But we can hate the sin. Because we see what the sin is doing to the sinner. And we love the sinner. It's against everything that God is, and it ruins relationships when there is evil, and there is pride, and there is arrogance. I read this recently in an article concerning the fear of God. It said, people have a most difficult time with God today because there is no fear of God. They attempt to rip this aspect out of their theology 
so they can create an equal love relationship with God. They unfortunately do not mean to obey Jesus' command, if you love me, you will do what I command. They instead are thinking that God and man will walk and just hang out together. What happens if they disagree with God? Well, God can have his rule. But man will insist on living by his desire. We wonder if this strong mindset is setting the church up for one of the greatest departures from the faith that is recorded. This nonchalant secular spirit among quote-unquote Christians can be easily heard when man openly disobeys the Lord, disregards the Lord's commands, or recklessly complains about God's way of doing things in their lives. If that's not the truth, <laughs> making God out to be whatever they want him to be. This makes me feel comfortable. I think this is okay. I think God is not going to judge me on this. I think when I get to heaven that I'm definitely going to heaven, even though his word says do not do this, he knows my heart. He's going to judge me according to my heart. He's And on and on and on the excuses go when the word of God is very plain. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You won't make up your own. You won't come up with these thoughts while God's okay with it. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? One day, every single one of us will stand before the throne of God. And this is going to be the judgment. What he says. Love your enemies. I'm going to be judged by that scripture. Do good. Do good to those who despitefully use you. I'm going to be judged by that scripture. Get wisdom. I'm going to be judged by that scripture. This is the final say. So when people say, well, I don't see it that way, and I, I think God is okay with it, just read the book. If the book says differently, then you're wrong. If the book says differently than what I want and what this flesh wants, then I am wrong. Get wisdom. It comes from God. He's given us an instruction manual. And when our flesh is so strong, we don't like this instruction manual. That's why we discipline ourselves. And we have to do it every day. And it's not fun sometimes. But I want to make it to heaven. Amen. We may think that we are so smart. We have everything figured out. We even have God completely figured out. And although we gain a lot of knowledge, until we see God himself and ask for wisdom and then apply that God-given wisdom, 
our knowledge can only take us so far. And just be certain, we will never figure God out. <laughs> James 1, 5 through 7. If any of you lack wisdom, we can all raise our hand. We're all on the same path. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You know how easily we ask for forgiveness of sins because we know he said he would forgive us? Same thing. Ask. He wants to give it liberally. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. This is not a one-time gift from God. In any situation that we're trying to figure out, family situations, job situations, finances, whatever it is, God is saying, just ask. Just ask for wisdom. I will give it to you bountifully, not as a reproach to find fault in you. Ask in faith, believing, and you will receive it. I can testify there have been hundreds of times that I have simply prayed, and I know you have too, God, give me wisdom. I need wisdom in this. I may have a knowledge of how I think it should all work out. Let's just say I know that you're coming to me for advice and I don't even know what it's about. And I can just think, okay, I've lived this long. I've been through this. I can figure out something to say. It's going to make me sound smart. Somebody's asking me for advice. I want to give them good advice. Or I can just stop trying to figure it all out and just simply pray, God, I'm going to meet with so-and-so. Can you just give me wisdom? And he does. He gives wisdom to those who who ask, and he wants to give it bountifully. And here's the bonus. It can make you look smart. But we know to God be all the glory. Amen. I read uh, in a commentary about wisdom. It said, what is wisdom? In scripture, wisdom is not academic philosophical, or intellectual. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom requires knowledge. But you can have knowledge and not be wise. You can be an educated fool. Our world is filled with them. We live in the most skilled, knowledgeable, and advanced generation ever. We also live in the most profane, 
violent, and self-indulgent generation ever. We have knowledge. We lack wisdom. It goes on to say wisdom begins with a certain kind of knowledge. Psalms 14 and 1 says the fool says in his heart there is no God. Proverbs 9 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This knowledge of God comes through God's self-revelation of himself in Scripture. The wisdom of God is found in the Word of God. Amen. So we're going to be taking a few weeks and looking into what I believe is greatly lacking in our world. And that is the wisdom of God. And as I said, we might be in the world. But we should not be acting or duplicating what the world does. Just because our very intelligent yet unsaved neighbor or family member thinks that they have no need of God's ways or his wisdom does not make it right. Just because you follow someone on social media that seems to have it all together, they appear to be very intelligent, but they don't fear God and they don't keep his commandments. Why are we even interested in what they are saying? There's so many God-fearing people that we could follow and gain their insight. <laughs> I don't want to waste precious time listening to the ungodly. Is that using wisdom on my part? Our key verses will come from Proverbs chapter 8. So if you want to start reading this chapter at home, becoming familiar with it, I, can, I believe it will help us as we dive into these scriptures. Proverbs 8 verse 1. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of the high places, by the way, in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart, hear, for I will speak of excellent things. And the opening of my lips shall be right things, for my mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction 
and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I'm going to stop with verse 11 and just make a few comments on the beginning of this. The first time that wisdom is even mentioned is in the book of Exodus. And I thought this was so fitting with what we've been talking about with the spirit of unity and being one church. God was setting up his plan for leadership in the book of Exodus. Leadership within his people. With the Bible being a book full of the concept of submission and God being the one who created mankind, he knew that we needed one another. He knew we needed leaders. Someone that we could turn to for help. Someone to help guide us. He gives us shepherds for that reason. He knew we needed someone that would stay in close relationship with him and help lead his people. Hear his voice and then speak what he would say. So in Exodus 28, 1 through 3, God gives instruction and take unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, gifted artisans, is what that means, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Now, if you've read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all of those, you are very well aware that we have a very, very, very detailed God. So may I say to you, those of you who are so particular and so detailed and everything has to be exactly right and the colors have to be right and this has to be placed right here and right. Just put your head up high because you are just like your heavenly father. <laughs> he is particular. <laughs> but he needed spiritual leaders. Aaron Moses' brother and his family were chosen to be the spiritual leaders of the tribe of Israel. But God also needed men and women with giftings. And he put within them, the Bible says, he put within them the spirit of wisdom. They were the ones that created the clothing for the priest. Now, I have to tell you, I got quite a laugh out of this when I began to think if pastor had to wear what they had to wear. Purple and, well, he would like the blue, but robes with all kinds of stuff on them. I just want to see it once. 
wisdom in this setting is referring to skill sets, gifted abilities given by God. Those who were skilled in these things, skilled in war, etc. Right here, from the very beginning of mankind, God shows the differences in the body of Christ. In just these few scriptures alone, God shows where he places people in the body as he created them to be. Aaron was chosen by God to be the priest, the high priest. God chose him and his family. But God also chose and called and put into others the spirit of wisdom to take care of God's priest. God gave them so much detail how to make their clothing, what colors they should be, what to put on them. Everything had a meaning. These people had skills. They had God-given wisdom to fulfill their skills. They had a very important role to play. And they were called by God to do it. So I just want to remind us today that every single one of us has been given a set of skills from our Heavenly Father. Now, Sister Carol, a baby blanket may seem so small and insignificant. And as you were sewing those baby blankets and putting on them what you thought looked good and this the baby, you had no idea the impact that that baby blanket would make on someone. The baby blanket she made for Titus became his blankie, if you know what I mean. Like, he didn't want anything else. He didn't want to sleep with anything else. It had to be that blanket. And it is in shreds and in pieces. And Did I keep it? Of course I kept it. Way back in the day, 37 years ago, when you were making that, that is a skill set from God. And it may seem so insignificant in the moment, something that we do, something that we're good at doing, and we do it, and we do it for the kingdom of God and his people. And it seems so insignificant, but not to God. He's the one that passed out these skills. <laughs> He's the one that gave us the ability and the wisdom it comes from God. So whatever skill he has given you, and honestly, some of us are still trying to figure it out. Like, you know, I you know, still don't know. Well, I guarantee you, people around you know. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure out the skills. Now, sometimes for others, they've known it from the time they were a child. I think we could ask God, what is it? What is it that you would have me to do? What am I naturally good at? The, the giftings that you have naturally given me, what is that? Because I want to use that for your kingdom. Give me wisdom in how to use that for your kingdom. 
I think it's awesome. And I think we need to find our place within the body of Christ, of where we are naturally gifted from God. And he will give us, if we ask, he said, just ask, I'm going to give it to you. He will give us the wisdom in knowing how to use those giftings. Proverbs 8 and 1, doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice. Cry, it's crying out. The idea of acousting a person or to confront them boldly, to summon, to invite. Wisdom is inviting us. It's crying out to us. Wisdom is summoning us boldly. It's inviting us with our skill sets. Desperately, come and get me. And understanding, put forth her voice. Understanding simply meaning intelligence, discretion. She puts forth her voice to send out as a thunder. This sounds very serious business to me. <laughs> Wisdom is crying boldly and understanding is like the noise of thunder. Come and get me. I am available to you. Proverbs 2, 10 through 12 says, When wisdom entereth into thy heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion will be there. It will preserve thee. Understanding will keep thee. They all go hand in hand to deliver thee from the way of the evil man and from the man that speaketh forward things. I believe wisdom is crying out loud and summoning us to step up and get it. Use what God has given us. It's beckoning us. Ask for me. I'm available. And I'm thankful for that. Because we just do not have it figured out on our own. We need God. We need his wisdom. We need his knowledge and understanding. There's over 200 verses in the Bible that talk about wisdom. We're not going to talk about all those. <laughs> But this week, I want you to just think about it. And I want you to begin to ask God for wisdom. In whatever situation you find yourself in. If it's a relationship with someone, if it's your finances, whatever it is. God, just give me your wisdom. And he will. I promise. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word.